you get the full spectrum of Northwest Montana sports. Only on 96.5 and 600 KGEZ. Now, back to the Knock on Sports and Anthony Knockreiner. Welcome back inside the Whitefish Credit Union studios as we get ready for our next guest who joins us on the Whitefish Credit Union hotline as we discuss more high school basketball and how about another tournament after the state tournament? At least that's kind of my idea. The man that wrote the column on 406mtsports.com, it is Jeff Welsh joining us right now on the Whitefish Credit Union hotline to talk about the Big 32. Jeff, it is great to chat with you once again, man. Hope you are doing well. Hey, it's great to uh, be on with you again, Anthony, and uh, you love talking about the idea of uh, another tournament, although you know, we're trying to catch our breath right now after a, a long winter, and I, it just occurred to me if, if we had another tournament, we'd be just diving in again. <laughs> well, I was about to say, everybody who is ready to dive right into the NCAA tournament, I think everybody you know in Montana media is ready to just kind of watch that one, I think. We'll have a little more fun with that. <laughs> but um, it's you very... It's very interesting. It's something that I know I've talked about before uh, in years past, and it always comes up around this time because we have talked about it because it would be cool to see some of the top teams in different classifications play each other. Now, obviously, this year, I don't know if we would have done it given the pandemic and everything, but at the same time, in a normal year, it would be really cool to potentially have a, a Big 32 tournament. So first off, let's just start here, Jeff. You wrote the column. It came out yesterday. What inspired you to write the column and bring this topic back up? Well, you know, it was just a couple of things. And, you know, the, the margin of victory, and for instance, in Scobie's Class C boys win. Um, and, then, and then, as I mentioned in the column, the 33-31 girls double-A final, which just has too many great players to, to have that kind of score. Um, but, you know, for background, this is something that's been on my mind for a while because I, I, I grew up in Michigan. Uh, where the, the the high school I went to, we had three different classifications in our 18 league, and I have a lot of relatives from Indiana who, for those who you know have seen the movie Hoosiers, uh, you know that they had no classifications at all, and that's really kind of the birthplace of March Madness back there. And so, um, I've I've just for a long time wanted to see some of these smaller schools with some great players, and I think Scobie. I don't know if they could have hung with a Billing Skyview or Great Falls this year, for instance, but by gosh, I think they could have hung with just about any other program in Montana. And, um, you know, as I also mentioned in the column, I, you know, I don't think high school basketball in Montana is broken by any means, but, you know, this, I think, could prov- something like this could provide a, a spark that would, would elevate the interest to levels we haven't seen in a while. No, I, I completely agree because I, I like agree with you. It's it's not so much that we need to determine to fix something. It would just add even more intrigue. I mean, right now, let's face it, we're right now waiting for the spring sports to get up. I know practices and meetings have already begun. Um, but what's to say? I mean, we know that the, usually, I mean, and, and hopefully, at least I don't know about you, Jeff. I don't know about Bozeman, but I know in Kalispell right now, it's beautiful. It's like spring's already here. So we might actually start the spring and track, track and field season on time. But normal years, yeah. it doesn't usually happen that way. So adding another tournament and adding something to that nature where, and I believe you uh, quoted this in the, in your column as well. The most people at, a basketball tournament or basketball game was like 10,300 or 10,400. We haven't seen numbers like that before, uh, I guess, since then. No, and and really not even close unless there's those outliers. Like, you know, when Harden plays Billing Central, for instance, they'll put in maybe 3,000. 
at the Metra uh, in Billings. But no, we haven't seen that in a long time. And, and, you know, maybe that wouldn't, maybe that's unrealistic. And that, 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 I don't know that we'll ever see that again for high school basketball, but I do think that, you know, as you, as you, I think allude to here, scheduling is a bit of a challenge, but, you know, I'm basically suggesting that the big 32 uh, replace the, the double a and the single a tournaments. These, oh. these are your state champions here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you would have to have the B and C uh, tournament state tournaments end up maybe a week earlier than you do. So, possibly cut out a couple of regular season games, but, or do something different with districts. I, you know, these are the kinds of things you you put down on paper, but you know, it is, it is doable because Mm -hmm. we've done it before. And, uh, you know, I've been around long enough here to, you know, hear the old timers talk about the the energy uh, surrounding the the big 32. And, uh, you know, people still talk about Willie Weeks and Wolf Point, yeah, fifty-three years later. It's interesting you bring that up because our Jeff Epperly, who was just in here, was talking about that when Flathead was playing Wolf Point and brought up the, the Weeks brothers and and those matchups because Flathead was a part of those at one time. Um, especially, I believe it was especially towards the end of of those tournaments because the history of the Big Thirty Two is really really interesting. And so, along with that, Jeff, I, I got to ask, what ended the Big Thirty Two? Was it the idea to hey, let's go to a classification? You know, that's a good question, Anthony, and, and I, I'm not fully clear. I, I did a lot of research before writing a column to try to get my arms around it, and, you know, it was just it just sounds like it was a decision by the MHSA to say, well, we want to have a double-A champion and a single-A champion. And, you know, there's probably some people still out there that, that have some insight into this, but even looking back at, um, at newspaper clippings about the change, it was it just seemed as simple as, um, we want to crown two champions instead of one. Hmm. Yeah, I, I can see that because, like, I get it's interesting because that's obviously you know class A teams sometimes you know smaller uh, class sizes. I get all that as well to go along with it. It, it would be I, I see it, but at the same time, it seems a little disappointing. But it's something that I feel like definitely can come back. Whether that's as you mentioned, replacing uh, the two state tournaments because I think with you know, and this is what I experienced at least in Florida. You know, I've seen one A teams that barely like, are, that are like Class C size, like Class C size, beat Class eight A teams that are you know in Tampa yeah. or in Orlando. And so I think you know, when, especially in the game of basketball, and Jeff Everly was talking about this too. He's like, you need five good guys, or if you've got three great players, that you you know you've got that as well. So I think with basketball, this is much more doable versus trying to do this in other sports. Well, I don't think there's any any question. And you look at that Scobie team; I, they've got three, four really maybe five really good players who uh you know they may not have some of the size that a skyview has for instance and maybe skyview wears you down but 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 all in all you know i think they could compete with just about any double a school and again i go back to um you know you talk about florida yeah i go back to michigan where Mm -hmm. in my senior year in high school the best team we had a b c d d was the smallest Mm -hmm. and the best team in the state in my senior year in high school was class D. Now there are more parochial schools back there, which, you know, that's sort of code for recruiting, but, you know, um, you know, say like a billing central here or a Butte central where, you know, you're, you're, you're not just drawing from your geographical surrounding area, but right. nevertheless, um, you know, we, we 
we were my school was class B and we won our league darn near every year and it was a class C school that uh, was our toughest competitor and the point being that you know once you get into a situation like this where this the tournament exists and this is what you're playing for I think a lot more programs would raise their level of play um, you know and right now I mean I get it there's a lot of class C and class B schools that really struggle um, but um, I, you know, I, I think a tournament like a Big 32, it would be the rising tide lifts all boats kind of thing is mm-hmm. is what's in the back of my mind. No, I, I agree. I think that would be really – I think I would agree with that because I think it would bring everything up. And at the same time, too, I mean, when I look at it, Double A is such a different style versus, I would say, Class A. And I'd even say Class B or Class C is a different style than the A, and especially Double uh, A, because I feel like we see some better shooting numbers at least or better statistical shooters – in the lower classifications compared to, say, the Class AA. Now, again, Class AA also maybe has a little bit more size than those other uh, classifications. But I, I go back to a couple of years ago. You look at a team like R. Lee at Class C, and when they were winning state yeah. championships, who, which AA team was going to keep pace with them? Because that's such a contrasting style with what R. Lee did versus what AA teams do. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, that was, those were some great teams with the, with Philip Malatar and I think Tanner and yeah, I, I, and that was really where I began to think more about this, watching them play and thinking, man, I would love to see them or, you know, Manhattan Christian go up against some of these, some of these A or double A schools. Um, you know, and I, and I think it would also, um, I, I think the athletes are there in, in at least some of these towns. And, you know, the, the interest in high school basketball, I see this day in and day out, probably you do too. The, the smaller schools, there's still that great fire and passion for it. And I think in our bigger communities, especially Billings and, and Bozeman and Missoula, um, we don't have, the, the, there isn't the, the passion or the interest, you know, unfortunately, at least from a fan perspective, that we used to have. And, and I'm thinking this might be another way of, of jump-starting mm-hmm. um, some more interest. And also, you know, I, I dovetail – as you know, the the idea of installing shot clocks too, right. because I do think that's part of our issue from top to bottom in a lot of these games. I hear it all the time. Oh yeah. Um, geez, it's just too plodding. And so, you know, maybe faster paced games would help uh, instill a little more fan interest than we have now. Well, it's really interesting because, like you said, it, it would quicken the pace and it would force teams to really yeah. kind of start moving moving things along, and I, and I agree. So with that being said, I mean, it is interesting as you dovetailed it because the proceeds from this would go to try and pay for these shot clocks. I imagine this would probably, and I'm curious your thoughts, how long do you think it would take to try and put it in there? I imagine it would at least take a couple of years. It would probably have to start with Class AA to work its way down. What do you think, and how would you, how would you implement the shot clock, you think? Yeah, I mean, it, there's no question that it's challenging. First, from a from a cost standpoint, you know, and I, I guess you know, if I could script it, I'd see a a big Montana-based business possibly ponying up to to help with this. Um, and it, you know, it's it means changing scoreboards, uh, getting more equipment. Mm-hmm. You've got to have reliable people, you know, handling these things, and and there are, there are you know fewer people who have the time to to do this kind of thing. So no question. But there are some challenges, but I think, yeah, you know, my, I would be with you there. I would, I would implement it at the double A level first. I think that's the most 
um, most feasible, most practical, and and see how it goes. Um, and I really do think you'll you'll have a, a a more exciting brand of basketball. I mean, I I know from the double A game in, with Capital and and Hellgate. The capital was the better team, and so Hellgate slowed things down a little bit. And I know, you know, there was grumbling in the stands about it. You know, and 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 part of it for me too, Anthony, is you know, as a former athlete, these seasons are so short, and yep. these games, you know, it's thirty-two minutes. You know, and and you only have so much time, and it goes by in a blur. And so, the idea of practicing year you know all year long to to have this handful of games every year and then to spend a lot of it not doing much i think would be difficult for athletes and you know i'll tell you um the social media response to this column i'm noticing the names of a lot of athletes and coaches who are following up with a thumbs up so you know i do think it's something that could get some traction fairly quickly no, I agree. I've already talked to a couple of coaches. They're definitely behind it as well. Uh, they like the idea. Obviously, a lot of them. I remember Flathead a couple of years ago played a team in Washington that had a shot clock. Um, they didn't seem to have any trouble with it. So, I mean, at that time, um, you know, Flathead had Eric Seaman and Tyler Johnson and Sam Elliott and uh, that great group. And they didn't have any trouble with the shot clock. And I believe I want to say it was. 32 is 35 seconds uh, for the boys. And I think it was 30 seconds for the girls in Washington, but I don't think it'd be that much of a trouble for our local high school teams uh, to get to it uh, as well. I don't, I think teams would adjust to it rather quickly. I I totally agree with that. And, you know, our neighbors to the East, North Dakota and South Dakota are two of the eight States that have shot clocks right now. And they don't have any trouble with it. And, you know, what's the difference between the Dakotas and Montana? Uh, Montana. I mean, we're, we're all built pretty much the same. And so um, those are those are pretty popular there. I don't think you're going to see those two going uh, back anytime soon to having no clocks. Uh, Jeff, along with this thought, too, I want to get your thoughts because we're, the interesting part to me, and this is just the fun aspect of this conversation, but where would you put the Big 32? Would you have it in one location? Would you rotate it? Where would you put this at least? If we were to start this up, not this season, but next year, and uh, where would you want to put the Big 32 tournament? Well, you know, the last time it existed in 1969, it was in Bozeman, and that's where they put in 10,700. Um, you know, I could see a rotation between it would I think it would be enormously popular in Billings if it were at the Metra. Um, you know, I can say that from from doing the highlights and roundups from across the entire state three, four nights a week. Um, Eastern Montana is more passionate about high school basketball than Western Montana. And I kind of describe that, too. There's just, there, there's more things to do in Western Montana. But. Nevertheless, so that's why I would I would lean toward at least starting it in Billings. But I think Great Falls, same thing. Northern Montana, the High Line, very passionate about basketball, um, and Missoula Bozeman. I don't know if there's a place in Kalispell that no would be large enough. I think for some of the crowds. Well. Um, <laughs> now you're barking up a tree. I've been barking up for a long time, Jeff, because I wish we could get an event center here so we could at least even host state tournaments up here. Cause the only way we'd even be able to host a state tournament for basketball would to be 
you know, playing it at Flathead and Glacier, um, or, you know, playing it between two gyms, which I don't think will, I don't think UHSA will ever do going forward. So my thought would be is like, I, I would agree. I like the Bozeman idea. I like, um, Missoula as well. I mean, I think if you did this like around this weekend, you needed the big 32. I don't think you have any issue of using either one of those two arenas between Bozeman and Missoula. And I think you can really pack both of those places. Yeah, I, I think you would do pretty well. I think Billings would do pretty well. I'm, and I'm not even sure if the Great Falls Arena, the Four Seasons, would be large enough for what I think would would bring in some some pretty good crowds. Okay. Um, and so, so you know, Billings, Bozeman, and Missoula really could you could alternate between the three, and um, you know what a you know what a what an economic boon that would be as well for these communities. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, although I suppose you're saying we're saying now that you know one tournament is replacing two, but you would have you would have tournaments to, to qualify. You know, as I, as I mentioned in the in the column, you know, you would have 24 of the 36 AA and A teams would qualify. So you would need to have the a, a different sort of divisional, I think, leading up to it. Um, so you still have your separate A and AA tournaments. Uh, which are economic factors for communities. So, but, um, you know, I think these communities, the, the three big ones here would really vie for something like this. I, I agree. I, I, like I said, I, I don't think there's going to be much disagreement between me and Jeff on how this thing rolls. Um, like I said, it'd be really great to do And, and Jeff, we'll end with this. Um, let's just say for this year, uh, if you had to pick a final four, whether it be boys or girls, you can pick one, pick the, but pick both. But what would be the two games that you would want to see four teams play? So uh, just a final four, who would be your pick in boys or girls, high school basketball, using all four classifications? Oh, yeah. I, I would love to see Scobie. Um, you know, and I, I, love, I love watching Lodgegrass play. Now, they would be challenged by – Skyview and Great Falls, you know, would be a would be a slight cut above, I think. Mm-hmm. So there's a part of me that wants to see either one of them play a play in one of the double A teams, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, okay. So on the boys' side, give me either Scobie or Lodgegrass going up against one of the double A's, say Skyview, okay. and then on the girls' side, um, you know, there's some, there were some really good Class C teams. Um, I think, though, Big Timber is the one that jumps out at me as one of the smaller schools. They went undefeated. Okay. And, I, and it would have been fun to see them up against um, a, a Haver. Okay. Although we, and we saw Fort Benton almost beat Haver this year. Um, and so um, I could see Fort Benton going up against or a, or a Big Timber going up against a Capitol or a Hellgate. I think it would be a lot of fun. I like those. I was, I was going to say, I was hoping you were going to mention Fort Bend because I think they could really give the double A teams or even the A teams, uh, as you mentioned, they, they did against Haver, uh, give them a run for their money. So yep. I think that would be a, a really interesting one. We, we are with Jeff Epperly. I'm sorry, Jeff Epperly. Jeff Welsh <laughs> from 406 MT Sports. You're giving Talk. me an upgrade there. <laughs> Um, <laughs> too many Jeffs on one show. Uh, Jeff Welsh joining us here from 406MTSports.com. Jeff, if people want to read the column, how can they do that? Well, you've got to you go to 406mtsports.com and uh, you just scroll down a little now, uh, about halfway down the page, and you'll see my name and uh, the Big 32. And uh, it's also posted now on our 406 uh, Sports Facebook page, which I encourage people to check out and like if they 
if they haven't uh, discovered it already. Uh, so you can access it in a couple couple ways there. Jeff Welsh joining us here on the Whitefish Credit Union Hotline. Jeff, thank you so much for the time. Really appreciate the insight as well. You have yourself a great rest of your night. Same to you, Anthony. Enjoy the big dance.